0: everyone and welcome back. This is V Cummins with Read Dirty to Me and I am so excited that you guys are here. So, today we don't have a ton of housekeeping, but we do have a very, very fun announcement. At the end of May, I am so excited to welcome Emmy Lou Hayes, the author who wrote The Alpha's Melody and Alpha Shifter Romance, her unexpected mate book 1. I am so excited to get her on here to talk about her book, to talk about her writing process, and to talk about her newest book that is coming out June 2nd. So please go on, download that book real fast before the end of the month so you can read it and get all prepared for it. Please follow her on um, TikTok and Facebook. And she's probably on Instagram, but I'm terrible at Instagram, so I don't know. But I know that she is on TikTok and Facebook at Emmy Lou Hayes Author. So please, please, please. Run and follow her and download her book and get all excited to talk with her on um, at the end of this month because I absolutely cannot wait. Um, So yeah, that's really the biggest piece of housekeeping that we have this week. If you have any books that you would love to recommend, if you are an author and you would like to come on and talk about your book, if you would like to just send me your book, not like a, not a digital download or anything like that, if you just want to send me the name of your book and be like, hey, I think you might like my book and I would really like to hear you talk about it or I would like to, you know, anything like that, just send me the link to your Amazon and I will be happy to download it and read it and hopefully talk about it on the podcast. So please feel free to email me, victoria at readdirtytome.com. You can follow my Facebook page, which I'm terrible about updating. That is a me thing. I am very sorry. I am getting better at TikTok though. It's just pod. I think. Um, so if you would like to follow me on TikTok, please come find me. um, I tried to do, like, a cute little stitch this video, and it did not take off. But if you would like to come on and stitch and tell me about the first couple that you ever fell in love with in the romance genre, I would absolutely love to hear. So, this week, I was supposed to do Reverse Harem. You know it. I know it. Everyone knows it. But, so I found myself looking at the notes and recording and kind of going back and forth on it. Like, do I really like, you know... Not do I like reverse harems. I love reverse harems, but I didn't like how my notes were coming out because I felt like I was giving the same critiques or the same points multiple times over, and I thought for a whole episode, that might be difficult to listen to, and it kind of goes against the general, like, vibe of my show. I love doing this show. I love reading. As somebody who is attempting to write a book, I know it is incredibly difficult to write a book. I know it is incredibly hard to put yourself out there in any sort of way, let alone with your words and with something as daunting as publishing a book. And so I don't like to just shit on books. Like that's not what my podcast is. You will never hear me talk about a book under like a 7 out of 10 for me like, I'm just here to share, like, fun books that I read. None of them are probably going to be particularly groundbreaking. Like, I'm not talking about the Odyssey. I'm not talking about the Iliad. I'm not talking about Rory Gilmore's books that she read during Gilmore Girls. I'm very specifically just talking about the very super fun, really intelligent, really interesting and compelling stories, but they're just in the romance genre. And so, for me, I'm not, like, trying to be anything other than me, if you're quoting de DeGraw, or just in general. I'm not trying to be anything other than just like spreading how much I love these books and spreading how much I love to read like really dirty stuff. And so that's what we're doing here. So for me, you know, I didn't want to come into the reverse harem episode being like, oh, well, I have this critique for this one and this one and this one. That's not super fun to listen to. But I love reverse harem books. I love them so much. Unfortunately, they can kind of be f- more, even more formulaic than, like, a regular romance novel because I feel like there's only certain ways to configure certain things. Um, so I just felt like the whole episode in general was very much like, I liked this, but I didn't like it in this book. Or I didn't like it in this book and this book and this book. I just didn't like how the episode was coming together. All of that to say, I still want to talk about reverse harems. So, over the next few weeks, each episode will have a reverse harem book it that I had planned to talk about on the actual big episode, but just because of the tonal shift of the show, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. So, that being said, we do have three books plus the reverse harem book to get to today, but I cannot wait to talk about one, actually two really in specific, because I just felt like this certain magic that I haven't felt in a while, with the exception of, I guess, Eyes on Me and Praise. So maybe I'll just have one of these, like, really outstanding books every week. But I was really impressed by a book that I cannot wait to get um, talking with you guys today. So I guess without further ado, let's jump in. So this week's book, uh, one of the... The first book that we're talking about this week is To Be Your Last by Ray Kennedy. And this is a book that... It was really interesting because... I have had it like in my to be read pile for a bit Um, I've seen it pop up on like Facebook and like oh yeah I should add this to my Kindle Unlimited but then like I'm already out of Kindle Unlimited space so this has been this book has been on my radar for a while and I finally picked it up this weekend and I really really enjoyed it like I was really surprised in a good way Um, it was it's like a little bit longer of a book And, or not like longer, but it was 300 something pages, but it kind of felt almost like an insta-read because it just kind of, it flowed really, really nicely. Now that I'm really thinking back on it, it flowed really, really well. So the blurb is, I've never done something so reckless, so exciting. Perfect Gracie Gallagher would never run away from home with four men she just met. But when Logan invites me on tour with his band for the summer, I say yes. Logan is charismatic and carefree. With him, I'm fun Gracie, wild Gracie. But then why can't I stop thinking about the tattooed singer? Colin doesn't want me here. He's quiet and cold, and he broods in corners, scowling and watching me with knowing blue eyes. I want him, but he doesn't want me. At least, I don't think he does. So, this book was really good and really interesting. And what I've looked at—so, spoiler alert, uh, this is part of a series— but what I looked at and what I really enjoyed about this book was there's like a very small sense of like a love triangle in each of the books in the series, which I'm not like, I don't commonly read love triangle books. Um, I don't mind them. I just don't tend to seek them out. So it was a really interesting dynamic. And I think I'm kind of giving away all the answers to the questions in here. But because it wasn't dual point of view, it was strictly from her you know, point of view, you really got to kind of live in the suspense of, like, what is happening, and as much as I love dual points of view, I think for this book, it worked exceptionally well just to see her, and just to kind of see what she was thinking, because the second that they would have said, like, oh, you know, it switches from her to either Logan or Colin, you kind of know who she's picking because there's no mention of it being like, why can't I have them both or anything like that. So if they switch to a different point of view, you know who she's picking and you know who she's picking pretty early on. It's not like the biggest secret, but I, I think it was played super nicely in that way. So the MVP character is Dean. He was one of the bandmates and he seemed to really be kind of the backbone. It felt like he always consistently had her back. Logan is his twin brother, but you could tell that even though she does, you know, kind of pick Colin, he still really supported her. Um, and I thought that they did a really great job of just building up his character, even kind of in the peripheral view of everything. Like I really felt connected to him just even as a side character. It was a really interesting dynamic. I felt like that I had, and I don't know if it was just like, Oh, I kind of spoke to him. Like, I could kind of see him in my head. Also, I'm just now realizing. So, Colin, the man who she ends up choosing, the way that I kept picturing him, and I can't even really, like, say how she described him in the book. Like, I can think of some things, but I picture him very much like Jess Mariano from Gilmore Girls. Um, And, and I'm looking and I see... The other character's name is Logan. He has a brother named Dean. It's if you watch Gilmore Girls, it's very very funny. Um, just to kind of picture, I just I didn't even think about it until I'm talking about the MVP character, and I was like, I'm picturing Jess. I'm talking about Logan, and I'm talking about Dean. So anyway, by the way, um, if you need to know, I am a hardcore Logan girl. I uh, can defend this point for years and years and years, and I will. But I'm not allowed to watch it anymore after the revival because I just yell about the show. So, um, but that is a whole other, maybe that'll be a bonus show one day. I'll just rant about that. Inks Factor, 8 out of 10. When I was reading and the conflict was kind of starting, I started crying. That book really did the whole ice in the veins. Like, once you knew that it was coming, for me, I was like, oh, this is gonna be so bad. This is gonna hurt her so bad. And it did, but it was very well played. One Critique. There was a few recapping scenes, which, like, I get why I just am not the biggest fan of watching them, like, recap to their friends kind of what's happening, like, or what had already happened and you saw it. Like, for me, it doesn't work. Like, I get, I I totally understand whenever they're like, oh, yeah, my friend asked for an update, so I had to give her, you know, all the information, like, or, you know, obviously making that into flowery language. There's a reason why my books aren't published yet. But, um, it's just, for me, it's hard to be like, okay, here's three pages of, like, what you just read last chapter, and she's just, you know, sending it all to her friend. I get why it's, like, needed. Um, just sometimes, like, for me, those can kind of be, like, some skip pages. Is it part of a series? Yes. The To Be Your series. Like I said, for these books, um they all kind of, just like reading the recaps or like the blurbs of them, they all have like a small love triangle and it seems very fun. Like I'm really interested to read all the rest of them. This is the third book. I'm going to be honest. I went way out of order. I tend to do that and I don't know why. Um, best scene. I really enjoyed quote unquote like watching him just pine for her on the bus. And then after they kind of start fake dating, Colin is so affectionate. He's so, like, he's constantly pulling her on his lap. He's constantly touching her. And this is, like, another small critique. And I know that this is, like, a trope of books. This is a romance. Like, I know that this is not, this is not a critique on the author. This is something that, um, is more of just, like, a trope of the genre that I'm not the biggest fan of. And it's, like, the misunderstanding or the not communicating. And, like, I get that obviously it happens in real-life couples. Like, I've been married for 10 years. It happens. Um, I guess for me it's just, like, at one point after you guys are, like, making out or after you guys are doing something, you don't, like, at some point talk about it. And he is very busy. Like, they are on a rock tour. I totally get that part. I mean, I don't totally get it because I've never been on a rock tour. But, I mean, like, they do have a lot of, like, moments where they can't talk. I just feel like sometimes I wish these people would just like sit down and talk, but otherwise he, she keeps thinking that it's fake dating. Meanwhile, he is like head over heels in love with her. And you can tell. Like even if you're not just even if you're not seeing his point of view, you can tell he's in love with her. You can tell he wants her. And so as you're reading her in in her monologues and her in her diatribes of like is he faking and you want to just shake her and be like No, he's clearly not faking. He clearly loves you. Like, what are you doing? And so that was mildly, like, of just another small critique. Like I said, though, that is a critique on the genre that I love. That is not a critique on this author. Dual point of view? Nope. Um, Spice factor, 7 out of 10. It might have been higher. I'm going to be honest with you guys. When I was reading this book, and this is, once again a me thing, not an author thing. I wasn't, like, super in the mood, I guess. I don't know. For me, like, I just wasn't in the mood to read a sex scene, so I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. It might have been higher. The few sex scenes that I did read, though, were really good, really thought out. I felt like, um they specifically have a scene where he teaches her how to give herself her first orgasm. Cause he says that like, you should know how to pleasure yourself. I shouldn't be giving you your first orgasm. You should be doing it, but I will like guide you through it. And that was really well done. This book was really good. This book is, you know, I've, I've come out with a cr- few critiques of it, but like this book was really good. And like I said, it felt like an easy read. Um, I'm not going to name drop books by any stretch, but there was another book that I read not too long ago where, um, it involved, you know, them being on tour with a band. And at certain points, the male main character was easily one of the worst male main characters I've ever read. And I just remember reading it, like wanting to shake him. And like the book was a kind of a shorter book, but it felt so much longer because I felt like I was just kind of, like, frustrated at this guy, and um, then I read this book that takes place on a tour bus, and it's probably, like, double the length, and it it flew by, and you really felt where all of these characters, you know, even the ones that you weren't getting their points of view, you still felt like you understood them really well. Like, I feel like she really developed um, the the main, like, the four band members, and obviously the main character, But what I found really interesting, what I really liked that she did, was they're on tour with another band. Like, another band is opening for them. And the other band, like, is fun enough that, of course, you want to hang out with them on a rock tour. But they also kind of suck. And she did a great job of, like, weaving in really good hints. Um, So, yeah, I felt like, overall, the book was really great. The Happy Ending Scale, so great, great recoupling absolutely fantastic recoupling, very cute, very sexy. Like, I know we just talked about the sex scenes and how I wasn't super into it, but the recoupling sex scene was really, really great. Um, in fact, I'm actually going to bump up the spice factor to an eight out of 10, but anyway, sorry. (laughs) Um, so for me though, I just would have liked an epilogue. And I think that there is one, like if you sign up for her newsletter, which I'm going to do, So, um, that's probably a me thing, but I just always love a good, like, multi-epilogue book. So, um, for me, like, I'll always take more epilogues, but the book itself, the recoupling was really great. Um, I'm going to give, like, that kind of stuff, like, a 9 out of 10. I really did like the recoupling, but if you're a fan of the, like, built-in epilogue, um, not there. So, just in case. So, every episode, this link will be down in the show notes, and I really hope you guys download it. It's a really fun book. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the series. And now we will get started on our next book. Alright, for the next book, we are looking at Surrogate with Benefits by Krista Wolff. Jordan never expected to play the surrogate, for one, much less three of the hottest real estate developers in upstate New York. Yet, their picturesque mansion and live-in amenities, she quickly falls into the most amazing and unorthodox of all arrangements. But when the original egg donor bails and she takes on that role as well, Jordan is faced with a butterfly inducing decision continue solely with bi monthly IVF treatments, or go the natural route and get pregnant organically with all three of them. The choice is easy. When undeniable chem- chemistry runs headfirst into weeks of pent-up longing. So when limitations are removed and barriers drop away, Jordan finds herself the sizzling center of a guilt-free, no-strings-attached situation in which she and her most far-flung fantasies are indulged triple time. Aiden is the blue-eyed wild child, and Elliot the reserved yet surprisingly fearless world traver- traveler. Connor is the ripped, sizzling Irishman with an intoxicating accent and a shredded athlete's body to match his razor-sharp tongue. Together, they take Jordan on an emotional roller coaster ride from the dark secrets of her calloused past to the modern-day wounds the four of them must deal with together. Can three lifelong friends find happiness and love in the arms of a spit pi- spitfire daredevil of a woman? Or will the ghosts of their previous endeavors threaten to keep their engage- arrangements strictly business? So, this is the reverse harem of this uh, episode. The MVP-, MVP character this week is Jordan, another main woman character getting top billing this week. Heck yes. Um, so... I really, really loved her character, and I'll get more into it in a little bit, but you really saw her open up, and I really felt like you understand why she came to the decisions that she comes to, and you want her to just have fun. You want her to live this life that she's trying to live. You want her to find the happiness and the settledness that she ends up finding. You want to root for her constantly. I know I said that reverse harems can be very formulaic. They can be. This book, I feel like, even, you know, within the grounds of, like, the formula of a typical reverse harem, it was still just so well done. I just was really impressed by how much I was rooting for her. Like, I remember reading more of her backstory, like, whenever she finally comes to talk about it, and just wanting to, like, wrap her up and hug her and be like, you go, girl. Like, you go kick ass at whatever you go want to try to do angst factor. For me, it was maybe like a 3 out of 10. She was having their baby. She was pretty locked in. But, like we've talked about, for me, as little angst as possible is probably for the best. I'm just... I'm not a sucker for the angst like some people are, and I get why some people are. Trust me, I totally understand. For me, it just, like, makes me so sad, and it, like, will keep me up at night, and it, like, gives me that chill. And I don't know, maybe I need to stop reading. Maybe that's what my body is trying to tell me. But for me... As little angst as possible is always a win, but if you are a big angst person, you know, she does, like, have their kid. Like, she's pregnant whenever, like, the big angst kind of starts to happen, so you know that, like, it's all, for the most part, like, locked down in that situation. Um, Not saying that for real life, just saying in this situation. One critique, and I will say this about most reverse harem books, sometimes I can't figure out where each limb is in the middle of sexy scenes and it takes me out of it. And I, (laughs) I am not saying that I need to go have a reverse harem situation to understand this. Um, just sometimes whenever I'm reading them, I picture somebody is trying, they're all trying to play Twister and I just can't like figure it out logistically. Hats off to every single author out there who revert, who writes a reverse harem because trying to figure out where, like, legs and arms and torsos are, it kills me every time. I love it so much. It's not even a critique. It's just sometimes I will be taken out of the story by it. Um, and it will, like, make me laugh. But otherwise, and that's only sometimes. Like, sometimes the sex scenes are absolutely perfect. You know, if there's only, like, two men and one woman, one, one woman, one woman, it's a little bit easier to picture, you know, because, like, one is at her pussy, one is at her mouth, you know, it's a really easy, simple setup, I get that. You start throwing in more D's, and I'm like, okay, which one, like, where is this one going, where is this one going? I saw a TikTok that kind of related to this the other day, and it said, like, when uh, he's so hot, you let him use all five holes. And watching people, like, you know, figure out the holes. And I'm assuming, um, I've done a lot of research just by reading, <laughs> I should know this, but I'm assuming that, like, it's, you know... Like, ass, pussy, mouth, and then, like, each hand. And if so, like, okay, I don't really count, like, each hand as an individual hole. Um, I kind of just consider it, like, a little placeholder. Um, but, yeah, I just found it really, like, funny. I have been trying to think of, like, other holes, but it did remind me of the whole, like, reverse harem. Like, where is everybody going? Anyway, so that was my, um, hopefully lighthearted critique of this. Is it part of a series? Not that I could really see, um... Nothing, like, I'm sure she has a lot of reverse Harem books. They look really great. I have a few of them in my to-be-read right now. Um, and I'm there might be overlapping characters. But from what I saw, there was no connected series. Best scene. She has this really dramatic backstory. And this is the part where you really, really, really start to root for her. And whenever she's honest with them and she opens up to them. And you see where her past hurt and trauma. And, like, where all of these decisions that she's made in the past, where they've all come from it's really cool to see how she grows from that, but even just how she develops the strength to talk to them and how they respond to her is really wonderful. I was really impressed by watching how her storyline came together. It is a dual point of view, well, technically, not, but it's a multiple point of view, but like most reverse harems, unfortunately you miss a lot of the men's commentary, which I always love. And I know I say I always love it and I do. Um, but you know, the last book that we just talked about, I said that it worked really well without it, but my, that is another, like just small issue that I have with reverse harems is that you tend to not get the men's point of view as much. Um, and I'm just a sucker for hearing about how obsessed they are with the girl even if they're kind of being idiots about it, I always love reading them wanting to just, like, devour her or, you know, be with her. And just, I love reading how, like, men get gushy. And even though these men, I know, are written by women for the most part... Um, I still love reading about it. I still love thinking that somewhere deep inside, whenever my husband sees me in sweatpants and a messy bun, like he has seen every day for the past 10 years of his life, he still wants me. And so it's always fun to read the man's, man's point of view. Um, happy ending scale, nine and a half out of 10. I love how much, like I said, she opens up and grows. And I don't mean grows in a way that like she had to be a mom or whatever. Um, I don't necessarily think that's, like, important to a final story by any stretch. Um, and, like, I'm going to tell you right now, one of my books is child-free by choice. Um, I, you know, I believe it's important to represent all that. I'm not saying that she has to have a kid to have the growth. I'm just saying she's very much, like, content at the end of the book. And I think she would have been that, obviously, without the baby But considering it is like a surrogacy book, um, that is a very important plot line. But I think just in general and finding like a new family really helped her. And um, it was a really nice just seeing her being happy at the end of it. I really was just rooting constantly for her. So even though I missed the men's point of view sometimes, I was really happy to see her really kind of just winning all the time it felt like. So that was Surrogate with Benefits. The link is down below if you'd like it. Now we are going to get to The Grand Pack by J.C. Hawk. Oh my goodness, guys. I loved this book. I really loved this book. I thought it was so fun and so flirty and so good, and I just really, like, I bought into it. I also saw on Reddit, um, somebody was asking for, like, friendships where people become friends, like, friends to lovers that become friends when they're adults, and so, um, I think I recommended this book. I meant to, but I don't know if I got distracted when I was trying to type it, but I, this is a perfect book for that kind of trope. So let's go ahead and get to the blurb. We all have a dream, but I think I preferred mine, preferred holding mine at arm's length. It's not that I don't want to go to New York. It's that it's all I've ever wanted. So when a dream internship lands in my lap, the last thing I should be doing is hesitating. Elliot thinks I should take it. He's always believed in me. Smirking, smoldering Elliot Montgomery. Playboy about town, notorious womanizer, and dearest friend? It was Elliot's arms I'd innocently fallen asleep between on lonely nights, and those same arms that promised all kinds of unspeakable things when I found myself writhing between them. But even as he threw me out of my comfort zone, Elliot promised me something immeasurable. So now I'm here, living my fashion design dreams in the truest, trustiest outfit I own, indecision. But the longer I stay in New York, the further I feel myself drift from everything I thought I wanted. And somehow absence is making the heat grow stronger. Is Elliot Montgomery if Elliot Montgomery is no Prince Charming, why does he feel like Hepley ever after? So this book has 497 pages. Um we are going to go with the MVP character first, which is Lucy. Uh, another, once again, another leading woman, uh, coming in hot. She's a really compelling, super messy character. I really enjoyed her inner turmoil a lot more than I usually do in these books. Um, she felt really authentic. She felt messy. And even when things kind of grow crazy, like in the book, um, like the, a big, um, kind of suspense thing happens you still like even though there have been times in the book where like yeah she hasn't been the best or she hasn't made the best decisions you knew why she was doing everything and you still were like rooting for her like as your like if she was your best friend you would probably be like hey maybe don't and her friends are really great about calling that out too like I felt like her friends were really good about being like hey you've really hurt people and you need to kind of take accountability for that but we still really love you JC Hawk did a fantastic job of making her just this really wonderful, messy, real human. She feels real. She feels like somebody you easily, easily would be friends with, even if you didn't agree with their decisions all the time. I cannot wait to read more books by her because I was just consistently impressed, um, So yes, highly recommend just Lucy in general. And that's not to say like he was really amazing too. You constantly felt your heart breaking for him. You constantly felt like the things he was trying to figure out were real and the reasons why he was making the decisions that he was making were understandable and, you wanted to shake him sometimes too, but he gets so heartbroken at certain points that you're like, oh my gosh, just be nice. Just be nice to this poor, sweet, hot man. <laughs> um, angst factor, 10 out of 10. This book, we're going to keep talking about that ice flowing through the veins thing. Heart stopping, crying, pit in my stomach, sort of ache. Oh my gosh. I stayed up reading this book and I actually didn't go to sleep that night until like 4 a.m. Um... I finished the book at like one in the morning and I couldn't sleep because I was like crying for them. I, it was very good book, very good book, but the angst is definitely way high up there. One critique. There were a lot of side characters. Now this is because there are interwoven stories. It's, you know, like more and more series. It's very understandable why there were a lot of characters, but this was my first book, you know, so it was a little bit jarring to kind of jump in. Um, and sometimes that would like, I would kind of have to make a family tree in my head, but that's really my biggest critique is just that there were a lot of characters, but of course there are a lot of characters because she's like building a world. If whenever I go to talk to my husband about my books, sometimes he needs that family tree or he needs the, you know, the tree of who's going where and what's happening. So when I say that there's a lot of characters, not a, not like a huge critique, I'm just saying that kind of go in there, and if you want to make a chart for everybody as you're reading, I recommend it. And I'm going to have to include one probably in my books too. So it's, it happens, especially with the world building. I get all that. Just for a second, it kind of threw me out. So that's my one critique. Is it part of a series? Yep. Um, More books are coming. There is one that you can pre-order now, I believe, that's connected to it. Best scene. There is a scene where... um. The main character from another book, the male main character Mason, walks in after Elliot helps Lucy through a panic attack. But it's after they had their big, horrific, awful fight. And he helps her through a panic attack. And then he goes to his office and has this massive meltdown and is throwing things and is punching things. And I can like feel my heart welling for him right now. And Mason walks in and Mason is also her her friend too because he married her best friend and he calls her out as well on her behavior. But oh my gosh, when he comes in to help his best friend and you can just see him absolutely heartbroken for his best friend, I was immediately like sobbing. I was like, okay, this is a great scene. I loved getting to see A man just go in and help his male best friend through like a really horrific moment and showing that moment of vulnerability for both of them. I always love when a male main character is breaking down and you have his friends come and help. And I don't mean help by like take him out to the strip club or anything like that. And even if it is toxic, like yeah, have them drink like two bottles of whiskey each or something. Have them watch pizza or have them watch pizza. Have them eat pizza and like watch TV. I don't care what they do. I'm not the biggest fan of when they go to a strip club, because I feel like that's a little bit of, like, a cop-out. But I feel like whenever you get to see two male characters really bond, especially over something like heartbreak, it really adds to the story. And this was a great way to show it of, like, yeah, it can be a little bit messy. Like, having that heartbreak can be a little bit messy, and having that meltdown can be destructive sometimes, as long as it's not hurting others. And I also really loved that as he's having this meltdown and as he can't handle talking to her, the second that she called with this horrific panic attack, he dropped everything and helped her even to his own detriment. And while that is not great boundaries, Elliot, and while you should not have done that, it was very cute for the story. Um, Dual point of view. Yes, more geared towards her, but still done incredibly well. Like I still felt like I knew his character really, really well. Spice factor, eight out of 10. Um, they didn't have like a super ton of sex, but they did have some great chemistry and really great phone sex. I really love phone sex in books because I like dialogue more in sex scenes and you get that a lot better when you have phone sex or even like text sex. You get to have more of that kind of fun stuff and you get to kind of talk it out more. So it works a little bit better for me. So on that scale, it worked super well, the, um like phone sex scenes were absolutely unparalleled. Happy ending scale. Oh, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. I really liked how it was all formatted. It broke it down. It broke down their different moments of a happy ending, which I thought was really fun. Um, you have like multiple epilogues. So you get to see just like multiple small moments of check-ins and see kind of where they're at and how they're doing and how their family is doing. Um, I will say some small trigger warnings. And I'm going to start doing this if there is things that I feel like may kind of throw people off. Um, Some small references to abuse. Even though the main couple aren't together, there are some scenes where they hook up with others and it can feel like cheating. Um, There's a perilous situation where there's an issue with like a drug bust type of thing. So if any of those are something that you feel uncomfortable with, um, I totally understand. I just want to go ahead and get those out to you now. And for the last book, we have one that I cannot wait to talk to you guys about. So this one is Bohemian by Katherine Nolan. And, um, this book is really interesting. And this book is actually what made me do the whole like stitch this on TikTok because it was really, it wasn't like out of my wheelhouse in the sense of like, oh, it's a crazy different genre or it's something like that. Um, it's still romance. But it felt more magical. It felt more subdued. And it made me realize that, you know, you kind of have, like, the general tropes. And then you put them in different settings. And those settings have their own kind of tropes to them, too. You know, mafia. There's going to be some guns involved. Western. There's going to be a horse riding scene. Um, Big CEO. There's going to be a, you know, sex in the office. And so what I wasn't expecting with this book was the setting of it. And the setting of it really took me to a different place. And it really helped me realize just how much um, the settings can really affect the book. And I, I know I say that, you know, like, and that sounds really um, plain, I guess, to say. But what I mean is that, like, it's wild to me how much the setting of the book changed this book for me. I think it's a really great book. I think it's a really cute book. Um, But what made this book really stand out was the setting for me. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into Bohemian by Catherine Nolan. He was a man dying of thirst in the desert, and I was the oasis. Calvin's quiet, orderly life is thrown into upheaval when he inherits a bookstore in Big Sur. Once a place famous for poetry readings and bohemian rebellion, the shop now teeters on the edge of bankruptcy. Desperate to keep the doors open on his grandfather's legacy, the broody new owner agrees to play host to to a fashion shoot on the property, but he never expected her. With her long blonde waves and perfect model body, Lucia is outgoing, wildly popular, and has her entire career mapped out. Women like her don't go for guys like him, but there's something magical and mesmerizing about an old bookshop filled with famous love stories. When a storm traps the entourage in town, these polar opposites can't fight their attraction anymore, and their flirting for the cameras becomes a night of unforgettable passion. She's unleashed something inside Calvin, and he's unlocking her desires one by one. Without the eyes of adoring fans and the endless notifications of Lucia's popularity, they explore a secret romance punctuated by starry skies and provocative poetry. But a dirty-talking, bookish boyfriend has no place in Lucia's glamorous life, and the career she's worked so hard to build will never survive a permanent disappearance to a town without internet access. Someone is going to get hurt. So it's about 308 pages, and um, I... Was I actually got this <laughs> recommendation from Reddit again, and it was pretty much like, can we have a really popular like outgoing heroine, and have a really, um, kind of nerdy or not even like nerdy, but just more introverted hero, but can he be really really dirty in bed, and boy, howdy did this book deliver, but it was more than that for me. I felt like at certain times, I just felt like this book overall the the setting of Big Sur really helped this book like just really like amplified it in my opinion so the MVP character guys this is a different one the author and the setting I feel like putting it in Big Sur really helped the overall quality and magic of the book and I don't mean quality in the sense that like oh it's a bad story I just mean I feel like it really helped putting it in that bubble of Big Sur and putting it in even the bubble of this like little campsite and bookstore that they're at, you felt enveloped. You felt, I constantly, every single time I was reading this book, I felt like I was sitting by a fire surrounded by books and surrounded by like leather chairs and all of these giant redwoods. And I felt like I could hear the ocean from the cliff, you know, from like past the cliff. I felt like I was there. For some reason, this book was really good at wrapping me in, um, angst factor, eight out of 10. It was a devastating break and I loved that it wasn't uh, because of a mis- miscommunication. It was two people respecting the other person's life journey. So it reminded me a lot of like, um, a couple in Shit's Creek, which I'm not going to like spoil because yeah, it just ended a few years ago, but that's too great of a relationship to spoil. It felt very much like a, like the Shit's Creek ending for a while there and it felt respectful Both people clearly wanted to be with each other, but they couldn't. They had to go off to their separate ways to find what they wanted to do or to find what, like, actually was going to make them happy. And I really loved that about this book because it made sense. What I also really loved about this book, because I will probably interject with, like, a million of these, is that they made her very social media like, concerned, obviously. She's, like, the biggest model in the world. Like, she is, you know, what Chrissy Teigen has been, or Giselle Bündchen, or Kate Upton, or Tyra Banks, or whatever. She is that person, and she gets to, like, she has to go to Big Sur, and she's stuck with that internet connection, and what I really loved is that, like, she missed it, and of course she missed it. It's her whole life, and I feel like sometimes, Authors try to write people who become influencers or um, models or actresses, and they try to make them above it all. And I don't think it's possible to be above it all in that scenario. You know, at some point you do like the accolades. At some point you do like the Instagram likes or whatever. That does matter to you. And I really liked that they allowed her to care about that kind of stuff in a really, what seems like vapid way, but it's, it's really not vapid. It's just, she gets to care about the things that like matter and she doesn't have to pretend to be above it all. And she can still be intellectual and have really wonderful conversations with him about books and things like that. And it works really, really well having her just be a fully fleshed out, well-rounded character. One critique, um, I'm trying to figure out how to word this nicely because I don't, I don't think it's malicious. Her character descriptions felt a little bit blunt. I'm not the biggest fan of very descriptive characters. I kind of like to formulate that person in my own head. Um, but I understand that some authors have a d- distinct way that their characters look. I totally get that. I totally understand and respect that. Um, that is not my issue. My issue issue is the right word. It just felt very blunt at some points. Um. And if you read the books, you'll kind of understand what I'm saying. Just for me, sometimes I think, like, I've had to tone down my own physical descriptors and stuff, Um, especially for, like, one of my characters, Josh. I picture him very, very, very specifically. He is more, like, big and bulky, and he looks like he should be, like, an ex-Marine, and he's got, like, the buzz cut, and he's inside, like, the softest, softest teddy bear. So, For me, that is very important for his image, that he is this big, hulking mass of man. Um, But otherwise, I don't care what people, you know, like, say about his eye color or his hair color. He's just, in my opinion, a very big, (laughs) strapping, like, buzz cut type of guy who, when you talk to him, it's like talking to a Squishmallow, you know? And so, for me, I just don't... It felt very blunt in certain aspects. But that's all I'm going to say. So, is it part of a series? There is an interwoven series that has its own book, and it's called Landslide. And that looked very cute, and I'm very excited to read it. Best scene. The scene in the bathroom. Guys, guys, guys. He has to zip up her dress that she's modeling in, and he touches her, and they're like, he, like, just has her hands on her, and she's just, like, losing it, and she's out of breath talking about it, and oh my god, it was so hot. It was, like, the first, and it's it's not even, like, a full sex scene. It's just, like, them finally realizing that they can break this tether if they want to, but, like, that the attraction is there in full force, and if he wants to go for it, he can go for it. If she wants to go for it, she can go for it. Like, who it is a really great Great flirting scene. Wow. A dual point of view. Yes. And it's pretty evenly spaced, which was really nice because I really enjoyed getting to learn more of his backstory. Spice Factor, nine and a half out of 10. I really love the contrast of him being so introverted and really quiet and almost not like stuttering, stuttering, but like he's very like nervous and conscious of what he's saying. And then what she brings out in him and, like, what she allows him to explore in himself. So he's had girlfriends before, and every time he's tried to bring up any type of, like, more of a dominant... And I don't mean, like, BDSM or anything like that. I mean, like, a very specific, just more, like, dirty talking or more play, like, more... um, yeah just like dirty more dominant play he's been shut down so he started to like it started to kind of come out with her and he was like I don't want to push too far and she's like no 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 I love it and she allows him to explore that side of him and you get to watch him explore that side too and I feel like if you're going into a book with like a more dominant you know dynamic that man has already explored those and he knows what he likes and he knows what he can do and he knows more of you know what he, what his own limits are, and he knows what he can express. And for him, you got to watch his journey of like, can I do this? Do I like this? And it was really fun to watch because you always watch the woman have it. And I really liked getting to watch him come into his own in like a sexual way because you really don't get to see that with men in romance novels. Um, Happy ending scale. It was like, I'm going to say a seven out of 10 with the without the bonus epilog and i don't mean that in a mean way i just mean like it was a cute ending it was a good ending i was happy with it but then like the bonus epilog came out and i was like oh this is perfect it's so cute and i was so giddy about the bonus epilog so that is one that you sign up for her newsletter for um in my opinion very much worth it but um just for that bonus episode epilog alone Um, but overall, yeah, I just thought that the book was really great, and there was something magical about being in Big Sur that I wasn't expecting. Also, every time I say, sir, I think of Vanderpump Rules, so I have to, like, I just hear, like, all of them saying, sir, in my head, and it's hilarious. Actually, I kind of think of the Watch What a Crappens guy saying it, which makes it even funnier, but, um, yeah, it just, it allowed you to really escape into the book, Because it's easy, I feel like, to escape into, like, a New York book because you've seen New York. I don't find it as easy to escape into, like, L.A. books because I don't know the landscape, like, the, the layout of L.A. as much as, like, I feel like New York is a little bit easier, kind of, to understand. There's been enough media set in that area that you can kind of get it. If you're on a ranch, of course, you know, for the most part, what a ranch looks like. But I feel like even with this, if you don't know what Big Sur looks like, if you can't, if you don't want to Google it at the time or whatever, she does a good job of even just putting you in this really nice, magical, fairy light type of bubble. This bohemian bubble, if you will. Um, and so, yeah, it. I feel like overall it just worked out incredibly well. So that is all the books for this week. Um, I can feel myself talking faster and faster and faster and faster, so I apologize. Um, but yeah, overall great set of books this week. Please email me if you have any recommendations or if you'd like to come on and talk. I would absolutely love to have you. It is victoria at readdirtytome.com. Please find me on all the social medias, um, except for Instagram, like we just talked about. And I guess I'm not on Twitter. Don't find me on all the social medias. I'm on Facebook and TikTok. I am going to throw out a special, um, things that release this week and other media that I'm obsessed with. Um, I am obsessed with Kate's Brother by Maisie Peters. Oh my gosh, guys. I love this song. She's been teasing it on TikTok for a while. It finally came out the other day. Um... Also, The Circle Season 4 dropped. We have four of those episodes this week, so that was very fun to get back into. I am a sucker for The Circle, and I have been for, you know, the past few years that it's been on. If you are on TikTok, uh, Brew on the radio is on this season, so that's been kind of fun. That poor man, though, because he was single when it, when it filmed and then he came home and like him and uh, another big TikToker got back or like got together. And so his comments are like, why are you saying you were single? And he's like, I was when I filmed it. And oh, that poor man. Um, his comment section cannot be a fun one lately, but yeah, it's, it's always fun. And you, you know, it takes everything in me not to go around the house saying, circle, message. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, hashtag fire emoji. I want to do that all the time. It's so much fun, um, especially as someone who, like, just does not, I've mentioned Instagram like a hundred times, but as someone who is just, like, not good at Instagram, I joke that I would be absolutely terrible on the circle, but then I watch some of these players and I'm like, okay, maybe I wouldn't be so terrible and I would be isolated for a while, which would be very nice. Um, speaking of being isolated for a while, this episode does come out on happy mother's day. So happy mother's day to everyone who celebrates out there for whatever reason you decide to celebrate. Um, I am celebrating by getting a peaceful house for a while, hopefully. So that will be very nice. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, but this episode went kind of what our original runtimes were. So maybe I should wrap it up Thank you guys so much for coming and joining me this week. Please tell your friends. Please, um, you know, like I said, just rate and review and subscribe and do all those kinds of fun things that I've heard them say on YouTube and my other podcasts that I've listened to in the past. So thank you guys so much for coming and I will see you guys next week.